Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. A prestigious college in a small town on the American East Coast. A former monastery turned into a Christian dormitory. Male and female students inhabiting separate houses. It should be the safest place to get your education, were it not for the fact that some students are true monsters. John Becker playing Kylie, Jorin playing Morgana, and Monica playing Sam and Fuck Mary Kill, a Monster Hearts 2 game run by Tillman. Come join our Discord chat and please consider supporting Twin Cities by Night on Patreon. Let's start with some things that I want to address that I think I didn't do well at last time. I had you all come up with a ritual for the move Stare into the Abyss. And you all had great ideas that I want to keep, but I wanted to make sure that you understand that staring into the abyss is something you can do anytime that might be important in gameplay. So I decided when you use a ritual of sorts, I will give you a bonus to your dice roll. Should you be in a situation where you can't do a ritual, but you are calm and in a safe area, maybe, then it will be just a regular roll. And if you are distracted or stressed, then I would say that's probably a negative to your role. Also, I noticed, I think we kind of talked over each other how we wanted the room layout to be. We decided that not every room in dormitory has its own kitchen area, but instead there are communal kitchens, like a floor by floor level. And there's one in the old house where men live and one in a new house of course where the women live but we went back and forth of the ba- on the bathroom issue but since we decided this is kind of a a richy rich area uh, i think we can go with individual um, bathroom and showers but i would say at least in the old house there's also communal bathrooms in in the ground floor area those may be important later All right. And then one thing where I think I was being uh, misleading, uh, I said something like, in Monster Hearts, everyone is bisexual. That's not quite correct. (laughs) And I think uh, some of you fell for that. What I meant is you can use your turn someone on, move on people of any sexual orientation, gender whatsoever. And they can't really do much about it. But if you for example, use your turn someone on move on someone who is asexual. That will count as a shut this person down instead. And I think I want to extend this rule if you, let's say Kylie, you are um, described so far as bisexual or at least as yeah. like open. Yeah, very, very open to probably all sorts of things. Given how young she is, there's probably a lot that she hasn't explored yet. So maybe not set on a label, but interested in any experience. But if you approached a woman who is heterosexual and you used your turn someone on move and you are successful, I would say that person could still uh, let that count as a shut someone down because they're just not into you. Absolutely. That's 100% fair. And I'm just using Kylie as an example right now. (laughs) Okay, those were the things I wanted to discuss ahead of time. We went over NPCs before the recording to save time a little bit. 
and I just want to go quickly over them. So I'll start with the click of Kylie because we had the names of those already. We have Megan Cole. She was the bookworm studying criminal justice. She lives with her grandparents on like the outskirts of town. So not in this uh, dormitory. And she is blonde, wears glasses, is kind of mousy and nerdy. And Becca, you described her as she is one makeup away from being a pretty girl. Or makeover, sorry. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking, um, think Amy Farrah Fowler from The Big Bang Theory. Like she wears a lot of cardigans, very conservative skirts, like thick, uh, opaque tights might have the wrong term there but like the just dark tight so you really don't see a lot of skin on her but i just imagine her like that one makeover and all those movies you see and bam she's she's good yeah she's all that i imagine she especially has like the the posture or like the presence of amy does that make sense yeah oh absolutely just the um you know how she's dressed and whatnot like the level of confidence is reflected in a lot of aspects of herself which is to say that she has a lack of confidence if you'd like i haven't pulled up i can just go over them real quick unless you had things you wanted to say about them no just just do that yeah the other two okay. pieces. <laughs> yeah so so we covered megan cole already uh, jennifer cooper is a sassy loudmouth who'll get in people's faces and stab them if needed uh she has long straight brown hair quick to smile and smirk, and is known for her comebacks. She grew up with Kylie. They went to high school together, and Jennifer receives a lot of pressure from her family because her family is a social step down, and and her the two of them being friends is helping Jennifer's family overall. So that's a lot of the reason why Jennifer is hitching her wagon to Kylie. And then Ryan Reese, he's interested in cancer research and community service and is a pre-med major. His family is connected and owns a large company, and they're known for being philanthropic. And he ultimately wants to get into cancer research. I kind of see him as being like a second or a third son, um, whereas like his older siblings would be expected to carry on the family business. He's kind of free to go off in whatever direction he wants. Um, he's very average looking but he keeps his honey brown hair short and clean cut. Um, he's He's got a very thin and lithe build to him, but he's very, very nice, nice smile and attempting to grow a beard, which, you know, for for college, that might not be very successful just yet. And he they both live in, in the dormitory. Yeah, Jennifer and Ryan both live in the dormitories as well. Mm -hmm. He has his own little uniform. He'll wear button-up shirts with sweaters over the top. And yeah. Yeah, that was the that was the last little bit for the the gang. All right. So further, I have here on my list one I came up with myself. Uh, the RA of the male floor, I guess, is Jamie Cummins, Australian. Uh, he studies vocal pedagogy on a scholarship. He's got receding messy hair quite thick lips, uh, but he always looks kind of like tired, distracted, or even hungover. From Jorin, correct me if I'm wrong, we have Antoine Leclerc, French exchange student, very hard to read, so I gave him mysterious eyes, but a bright smile. He's also quite fit, uh, very thin, um, brown hair and uh, eyes. He likes to wear scarves, even when it's kind of warm. 
Then we have Alessandro Rossini, who I'm not sure if he's an exchange student. We can say his family moved from Italy to the US, maybe, because he's not, not French, obviously. He's got an intense look to him, very athletic, short brown hair, known as the mixologist of, of the bunch, studies business or economics. Antoine, by the way, studies English literature. In the new house, we have SRA, uh, Erika uh, Zimmer, studying sociology. She's got light brown hair with golden highlights, usually in a bun. Extremely active, an overachiever maybe, always lecturing people about clean eating. And we have Lydia Bonnet, a French exchange student again of uh, Moroccan descent. She's extremely shy. One of the reasons may be that she is the only Muslim in this dormitory. And uh, that, while um, remarkable, maybe ostracize her a little bit, being, uh, seeing that this is of Christian background. But yeah, she's got slightly darker complexion, probably mixed race. You can't usually see her hair, but you will maybe have seen it sometimes when she like does sports or something. It is definitely very dark brown. And she's very petite. Um, then you have Jennifer Cooper, <laughs> who we already can, uh, have gone over, and Alicia Wright. Uh, she is a colleague of you, of yours, Kylie, in the student council. In fact, she's the president. She's very thin. Uh, she's black, has currently very short 4B curls. She's also from a rich family, someone to look up to, I guess, or be competitive about. What is she studying? Ah, law and communications. We won't be using the staff much down there, except maybe Oscar Meisner, the dorm groundskeeper. But as I said, uh, the characters right now, they are not very defined on like a personality level. And I want to have them intertwined with you, the player character. So you have lived together for a little bit. You kind of know each other already. So I wanted to feel that way when we go into the game. Kylie. Jamie, the RA of like the male part of the dormitory. He has quite a, a high position in that regard, but everyone knows he's kind of shifty. So what has he done to gain that reputation? Let's say Jamie has been known to sell drugs. I, I think it's more commonly known that he sells things like the the less intense stuff, so like weed. For for more like if you if you get to know him better, I can see him opening up and selling the more intense drugs. If like, yeah, he's very old school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Maybe he's got some some Adderall or something. <laughs> so, what does uh, Kylie think about that? Given. I, I So I can see her knowing that about him. She would more or less be indifferent to it because we all have our, our things that we get into. She could potentially use it as leverage against him at some point if she finds him to be either problematic or if she wants something from him. But other than that, you know, it's like, hey, as long as everybody's happy and no one else is getting hurt, then whatever. All right. Morgana. So Alessandro is very laid back about most things, including trying out drugs. But there's one thing that he will always get outraged about. What is it? Uh, I think he will get outraged as soon as he notices that stuff go goes missing. In a dormitory, stuff goes missing all the time. 
and there's no culprit to be found like 80% of the time. And that gets into his head. He he can't let that go. So has Morgana ever been, well, the reason why stuff has gone missing? Oh, Morgana has definitely already been the reason that stuff has gone missing. But whether Alessandro knows, I don't think so. So, Sam, Antoine has been seen doing something that will never be brought up to him. But everyone talks about it behind his back. What is it? I think maybe Antoine has been sleeping with lower classmen, particularly classmen that are already involved with other people. So he's getting a reputation of, you know, dating the younger girls or guys because he's not mature enough or, you know, adult enough to handle people of his own age group. So they kind of see him as the guy that the second, you know, there's a fresh class coming in, they already know like the, 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 basically the, the jailbait is what he's going to go for. So is he kind of predatory or is he playing up that he's like the, the cool exchange student from France? He plays it up. Um, he uses his charms to get him what he wants And the way he sees it, there's really no repercussions because he's the exchange students. He's he's the hot guy. He's the the one that stands out just because he's not from around here. And he'll use that to get girls to sleep with him, which some might, you know, some people, particularly upper classmen, see as a predatory behavior and they think it's grooming and icky. Does Sam think that? Sam thinks that a real man wouldn't go for young girls. Mm-hmm. Maybe like in an introspective way. If he's sober, sure. <laughs> But if he's been drinking, he'll just flat out call him out on it. All right, back to the top. Kylie, uh, your friend Ryan is known for overstepping boundaries, like showing up uninvited. But what will cause him trouble with the authorities eventually? Okay, so I'm going to talk this out a little bit. I've, I've always kind of seen Ryan as being just th that nice guy. Um, oh no, he's a nice guy. Shit. <laughs> um, Sometimes it writes itself, right? <laughs> I know. Yep. So he's the, the quintessential, why don't girls like me, which can cause problems with him and Kylie specifically, but she knows how to manage him. It's mostly she'll set Ryan on different women rather than <laughs> rather than like having to deal that with that herself. Yeah. Oh no, poor poor Ryan. <laughs> so yeah, he'll probably end up like um sexually harassing some other co-eds. That's what will likely get him in trouble with the authorities. Well, I didn't specify what authority. We don't have to go like police investigation, maybe. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, it could still be like maybe the dean. Yeah, or like... Like that's an authority um, or... Some council at university or like at a whatever exactly. a club that he's a member of. Exactly. <laughs> We don't have to go for the very extremes. All right, certified nice guy. Very good. Right, so Morgana again. Uh, just to remind you, Erica was the RA of the female uh, dormitory. 
Um, what was the reason for her last breakup and why does everyone know? Well, she is an overachiever, which means that she not only overachieves in, oh, oh, sad. So she not only overachieves in studying or and in and in being an RA, which is a pain in Morgana's butt, but she also tried to overachieve in this relationship, which meant that she tried too hard and the guy she was with just couldn't keep up and she just put her heart and soul and all her energy in this thing and got nothing back and got it got into a real messy fight in the hallway. So there was no way around it. I think the guy also lives in the in the in the boy side of the dormitory, just to make it extra spicy. You have an idea of who it was? Maybe Ryan. <laughs> yeah, maybe or like Alessandro because it just it was. I think it was Alessandro, and why she ever got together with him in the first place, nobody really knows. It was already like it was set from the beginning that this would fail just because of their personalities and he was so laid back and she put so much into it it just clashed dramatically okay we're definitely going with alessandro so sam i already said lydia the french exchange student is of moroccan origin and muslim and it's great that she can be in this dormitory but isn't she taking the whole religion thing a bit too seriously Sam is a militant, and I do mean militant atheist. He thinks that agnostics are just closet atheists who aren't ballsy enough to back up their convictions. He thinks all religion is absolutely foolish. It's a waste of time. There's no evidence behind it. And he thinks that people who take religious conviction so seriously just aren't can't be treated inherently as intelligent people like he just has no time for them so the fact that she's so you know proud of her beliefs to the point that she displays them outwardly with her exterior and her appearance is probably an eye roll moment for him so you are basically saying uh, she br brings on like her own suffering in a way not th not that he thinks that anything should happen to her he's not like gonna pick on her or anything, but he thinks she's old enough to know what she's getting into by, you know, dressing the way she does or maybe acting the way she does. And that in some way she should kind of expect that in this world post 9-11, there's still like tensions. So if something happens to her, he would definitely stand up for her because, you know, he doesn't believe in bullying especially women but he thinks at some point he, like just he would say to her just just stop the whole thing is just stupid you're just getting beat up for like an imaginary guy in the sky so why don't you just do the smart thing and you know protect yourself and just stop with this little game what do like the other people think like she's kind of known as a loner and she's yeah. been shy is, is there a connection um, for like most people in the dormitory that that's because of their religion? Well, from my understanding of Islam, there are a lot of 
things that are not considered to be pure. So I imagine that the kind of lifestyle of partying and drinking and drugs and smoking and just sleeping around is not something that she, due to her convictions, would be around. And if she has no one who is of her level of piety, I would say, I could understand why she would be alone. Other people, I think it would be a mixed bag. Like some people would just live and let live. They would respect it, but it's not like she's getting any party invitations anytime soon. Right. Okay, back to Kylie. Alicia can't hold eye contact with you. She was the student council president. And why do you think that is? You work together so much and... You feel it's going great, but something just doesn't sit right with you. And you, you've been thinking about it. So I, I think the way that Kylie would think about it is because of who she is personally. She's a very intense person, especially when it comes to what she wants. That that can be very off-putting to other people who don't take it nearly as seriously. And Alicia might be one of those people where she's doing this because throughout high school and through college. That's just what she did to make friends. And so, yeah, I, I want there to be something more, but I can't think of something. Is Kylie self-conscious around Alicia? Oh, yeah. If Alicia's the one who is the student body president, student council president, mm -hmm. then that's the position that Kylie wants. And so Kylie will go that extra step or mile to to put on that face like that is the position I deserve you shouldn't be in it um whether or not Kylie is intending on telegraphing that that is how it's coming out so you're yeah. being kind of bossy around her and she's she's like shy about it it seems yeah yes so Morgana every time you go to the little uh, library or yeah to the library Uh, in the clock tower building, you end up in a conversation with Megan. She was the bookworm from Kylie's click. Why? <laughs> like, why does she keep talking to you? I think why is the question that Morgana asked herself a lot in the beginning. But by now she has accepted that Megan uh, has, a, has something for books. And to a certain degree, so does Morgana. The, uh, the books are just different. And I think that just exchanging like, hey, I read this thing. Oh, I read this thing. Uh, what did you think? Was really interesting for a while. And Megan still holds on to that. But Morgan, Morgana, has, Morgana has found that their interests just don't overlap at all. So, But Megan still keeps holding on to this one book friend that she had for two or three weeks. So does Morgana think it's just like an awkward loner behavior? In the library, yes. Because I don't think most of her friends hang out in the library much or as much as she does or as Morgana does. So yes, I think so. So does Morgana actively avoid Megan in like any other situation? In other situations than the library? No, not really. In the library... Sometimes there is definitely she times it now. So there's definitely moments where she will all of a sudden have her headphones on and not not or at least pretend not to hear Megan or 
take the different aisle that is slightly less convenient to get to the books where she needs to go or sit on a different floor than Megan, even though the books that she's trying to research are on the floor that Megan is. One more question for you, Sam. Mr. Meissner, the groundskeeper of the dormitory, he always says there's nothing to worry about, but every time you like see him, he has some kind of new bruise or he has even shown up with like remarkable injuries like cuts or, uh, you know, once you think he had uh, dislocated his his elbow or maybe even broken it, you're not quite sure. So what are the rumors? The rumors are probably that he's in an abusive relationship of some sort, but Sam does not believe that. Sam's personal theory is that he's a werewolf and for whatever reason he's trying to cover it up. So given the fact that Sam has his own uh, violent tendencies that he tries to constantly hide, he's probably going to try to get close to him because what if there is some sort of hidden fight club where wolves are getting together and duking it out as a way to just get their urges out and he's missing out after all he's already kind of Morgana already knows that he has issues with his temper so this could be a good way for him to uh, get his urges out without getting a bad rap at school so when Sam is like in wolf form uh, I assume he's He's got like his own uh, little hunting grounds or territory. Um, yes. And being so close to like civilization, of course, there's very little room for hunting grounds. So has Sam ever noticed like scent markings or other signs of wolf activity there that he that he felt like he needed to him to defend himself against? I don't know if he would have felt that he needed to defend himself against it. But given, you know, who goes to the school, I imagine there would be other wolves around. Maybe the way Sam would think of it is if he could time his outings in such a way that he won't run into other people, there won't be trouble. Because after all, there's multiple people having to share a small patch of land and, you know, city area. So you can't exactly claim it when other people who may have bigger alliances can take you out for trying to be the big kid in school sort of thing. But he definitely has noticed wolf activity. Do you want to add something? Yeah, I think I would like to add to how Lydia is seen mm -hmm. that even though Morgana comes from a Christian background and is now Wiccan, uh, she does respect Lydia for following her faith and does understand that. Also, because there is a lot of overlap between Christianity and the Islam. If, if Lydia ever brings it up with her, Morgana will give her a speech about how it is limiting to the rights of women, which will probably spiral into Lydia telling her that she has a choice and she chooses to follow this faith and to follow these, well, lines, these, these, these rituals that she has. But I think overall Morgana respects that. Yeah, Morgana is not alone there. I would think Alicia is also like on that side of the argument. Very supportive, but also like critical about how it affects women's rights in particular and what message it sends. So there's definitely some tension going on. All right. Anything else from anyone else? 
Yeah, I was wondering, because I know that I wrote that Antoine is 21. Mm -hmm. And I bet that Jamie is also 21 or up. Who else can get the booze from these people? Because I know that Morgana can and Antoine can, but who can get the booze? Uh, Jamie can as well. Uh, Erica can. So both the RAs. And I think most of the rest can't. Would Erica? Would she really? Maybe. I don't think she would. We we will see about that. She is an overachiever. So <laughs> she probably does it in between like two other things. <laughs> She's overachieving at organizing a party. Do you enjoy the vibe we have going on in Monster Hearts? Then you will enjoy our Scion game Valley of the Setting Sun. A game about people trying to cope with the responsibilities of having divine parents and becoming heroes while still keeping their zany energy going.